Good morning, and welcome to Simply Science. It's Sunday, February 4th. On today's show, the first UK patients receive experimental messenger RNA cancer therapy, and we take a look inside the race to transform the science of electric vehicles with solid-state batteries. Plus, scientists have mapped the genomes of 51 animal species in record time, creating an evolutionary time machine. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply Science. We start off with a groundbreaking new cancer treatment, known as mRNA therapy, being trialed at Hammersmith Hospital in West London. This therapy uses genetic material, or messenger RNA, to present common markers from tumors to the patient's immune system, helping it recognize and fight cancer cells that express those markers. Here to discuss this further is Michael, a correspondent for Simply Science. Can you tell us more about this therapy and the trial? Certainly, David. This trial is set up to evaluate the safety and effectiveness of mRNA therapy in treating melanoma, lung cancer, and other solid tumors. Dr. David Panato of Imperial College London, an investigator with the trial's UK arm, has stated that while this research is still in its early stages, it's laying crucial groundwork for the development of less toxic and more precise anti-cancer therapies. How does this mRNA therapy fit into the larger landscape of cancer treatments? There are two categories of cancer vaccines that have recently entered clinical trials worldwide. The first is personalized cancer immunotherapies, which rely on extracting a patient's own genetic material from their tumors. The second category includes therapeutic cancer immunotherapies, like the mRNA therapy being trialed in London, which are ready-made and tailored to a specific type of cancer. What are the goals of this new trial? The primary aim of this trial, known as Mobilize, is to determine if this particular type of mRNA therapy is safe and tolerated by patients with lung or skin cancers and can shrink tumors. In some cases, it will be administered alone, and in others, it will be combined with the existing cancer drug pembrolizumab. What are the potential implications of this therapy if it proves to be safe and effective? If the therapy proves to be safe and effective, it could potentially lead to a new treatment option for difficult-to-treat cancers. Nearly one in two people in the UK will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. And while a range of therapies have been developed, cancer cells can become resistant to drugs, making tumors more difficult to treat. Therefore, scientists are keen to seek new approaches for tackling cancers. What led to the decision to offer this therapy to patients in early phase clinical trials? Preclinical testing in both cell and animal models of cancer provided evidence that this new mRNA therapy had an effect on the immune system, which led to the decision to offer it to patients in early-phase clinical trials. Thank you for the insights, Michael. Now, let's shift gears to a different kind of scientific innovation. At Deakin University's Battery Research and Innovation Hub, scientists are working in a dry room, a challenging environment that's essential for prototyping and testing the next generation of batteries. The dry room is necessary because water, moisture, and humidity can be lethal to a battery during production. Here with us to delve into this topic is our correspondent. Celeste, can you tell us more about the work being done in this dry room? Certainly. 
The dry room at Deakin University is, as far as we know, the largest in Australia for research purposes. It's a challenging environment to work in, as the lack of moisture can cause discomfort, but it's crucial for battery research. The room must be dry because any contamination from water or moisture can compromise a battery's performance or even render it non-functional. And with certain materials such as lithium, the reaction with water can be dangerous. So what kind of batteries are they working on? The center is primarily focused on developing the next generation of battery technology. Most people are familiar with lithium-ion batteries, which power everything from mobile phones to electric cars. However, the focus is now shifting towards solid-state batteries, which are believed to be the future of battery technology. Can you explain what solid-state batteries are and why they are considered the future of battery technology? Solid-state batteries replace the liquid electrolyte in a traditional lithium-ion battery with a solid material. This makes the battery safer as there's no risk of leakage if the casing is punctured. It also reduces the chance of lithium fires. More importantly, it promises vastly improved range for electric vehicles. However, the development of solid-state batteries is being held back by a problem known as dendrites. What are dendrites, and how do they affect the development of solid-state batteries? Dendrites form when lithium ions plate onto the pure metal anode, leaving tiny spurs on the surface. Over time, these dendrites grow and can pierce the material separating the anode from the cathode, causing a short circuit and effectively killing the battery. This is one of the major challenges in the development of solid-state batteries. Are there any other challenges in developing solid-state batteries? Yes, there are other challenges as well. For instance, silicon anodes, which are considered a promising material for solid-state batteries, expand and contract with each charge cycle. Without intervention, the anode will eventually pulverize itself. Solving these problems can be difficult and expensive. Moreover, manufacturing lines will have to be rebuilt and supply chain issues resolved to make these batteries commercially available for use in electric vehicles. It sounds like a complex process. What's the outlook for the development of solid-state batteries? It's a challenging field, but the potential rewards are significant. Any breakthrough that addresses these problems and brings down the cost of production for solid-state batteries would be revolutionary. However, it's important to remember that we're dealing with science here. Persuading electrons, ions, and chemicals to behave in a certain way is not something you can program your way through. These breakthroughs are important, but they take a lot of work. After hearing from Simply Science reporter Celeste on the intricacies of battery research, let's now turn our attention to another groundbreaking scientific achievement. In a record-breaking feat, Scientists have mapped and published the genomes of 51 animal species, including kangaroos, penguins, sharks, and more. This evolutionary time machine, as it's being called, could have broad implications for understanding our own evolutionary history. Here to delve deeper into this is our correspondent from Simply Science. Indeed, David. This is a significant step forward in genomics. All mammals share a common ancestor, believed to be a tiny shrew-like creature that lived over 200 million years ago. This means a large part of our genetic makeup resembles that of other mammals. By comparing the DNA of humans and other animals, researchers can learn when and how humans diverged from other species. Mapping genomes has historically been a painstaking process. 
How did the researchers manage to map so many genomes in such a short time? The team used research from the Vertebrate Genomes Project and the European Reference Genome Atlas. They developed algorithms and computer software to assemble short genetic segments into a full genetic map. This new technology cut the sequencing time from years and months to just days. The software they developed is open source and available online. That's impressive. But what about the accuracy of this new technology? The team tested their workflow by reproducing the complete genome of a zebra finch, which had been previously published. They found that their new technology was more effective than existing approaches at reassembling segments of the genome and creating an accurate map. So what's next for this project? For this paper, the researchers focused only on vertebrates. Other animal, plant, or fungal species might have unique aspects in their genome, which means some processes in this pipeline might not work as well for those species. However, the researchers believe this can be fixed by modifying a few parameters in their technique. Their goal is to sequence the genomes of at least one species across all 275 vertebrate orders. While we keep an eye on these ambitious scientific goals, let's shift our focus to the recent Mississippi Regional Science Bowl tournament hosted by the Mississippi School of Mathematics and Science. The winning team, Ocean Springs Team 1, will be heading to the national finals in Washington, D.C. at the end of April. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply Science. Can you tell us more about the winning team? Certainly, David. Ocean Springs Team 1 is comprised of Max Madsen, Samuel Ellison, Benton Morisot, Samuel Sempier, Beckett Darren, and their coach, Natasha Denise Brown. Their victory in the regional tournament has earned them a spot in the national finals. That's quite an achievement. And who were the runners-up in the tournament? The runner-up was Starkville Academy Team 1, which included Creek Plemons, Archer Jones, Sam Eifling, Hayes Ferguson, Ethan Fisher, and their coach, Emily Washburn. Despite not winning, their performance was commendable. Indeed. And what can we expect from the national finals? The national finals will bring together the best teams from across the country, all of whom have won their respective regional tournaments. It's going to be a highly competitive event, and we can expect to see some of the brightest young minds in the field of science. That's certainly something to look forward to. Thanks for that, James. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply Science. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>